uh, I, I still think of it. Got to get that out of the way. Okay. I still think of it as uh, one of the series in uh, being truly helpful, learning how to be truly helpful. And they're just different approaches. They have all been different approaches to uh, where to focus, where, where to look, to um, begin to see beyond the walls that we've made for ourselves and that we think we live uh, behind those walls. And um, uh, after a while, hopefully in this lifetime, for many, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you get tired of it in the sense that it always feels like something's missing uh, and that there's more, more to go. And for some of it, it was early in our lives. And some of it for us, it was later, but somewhere along the way, um, we know there, mu there must be another way. And when, when those words get said, there must be another way. Usually the experience behind it is relationships. It's a relationship, a history of relationships, but the feeling when we get honest um, with ourselves, no matter how um, pleasant uh, the dream world of relationships can get, because that's what we're talking about here, is the dream world. No matter how many how pleasant they get, it still feels like we need to go beyond our pleasant, pleasant and present place in the world with relationships. So um, the goal of the goal is peace is what this class is about. And it is about the attainment of the awareness of seeing and knowing yourself as peace itself. Not something that you have to go after and get but it's one of those great things that you already have. We all already have the gifts of God. Sometimes we call it peace. Sometimes we call it joy. Sometimes we call it love, uh, but they're really all the same thing. It's, it's the peace of knowing who you are and what you are and that you already have it. And I know everybody on this screen today um, knows that they have the peace of God, or they've at least heard they've had the peace of God. Uh, and the more you hang around here at School for a Course in Miracles, you will hear it, that we already have it. And that the way 
in which we proceed with that awareness is we demonstrate it to ourselves, each to ourselves. We demonstrate to ourselves the conviction, the certainty, the uh, enjoyment, whatever all of that is, that um, joy, um, we demonstrate our knowing to ourselves that we have it by giving it, by extending it. So the way that I know that I am peace is by extending peace. And I know that I am joy by extending joy. And that is why the course is so very unique because it says that we will come to know ourselves through our relationships. And ultimately that becomes every relationship. And, and then we begin to understand here in this class, we begin to understand that um, we are teaching ourselves that we are peace uh, in our relationships through forgiveness. And that what we are learning, which is peace that comes through, through forgiveness, to ourselves, we are also giving that to the entire sonship. So we don't need to go out and find people and enroll people or do any of that. Um, people show up when they're ready for this kind of uh, lesson and this kind of classroom and this kind of understanding that. Um, it's, it's not about anyone other than you. And that's what we mean by know yourself. And when you know yourself, you will bring that peace and that joy everywhere, everyone. And so it's, it's um, very simple in the, in the truth. It's very simple. Um, but when I said not too long ago, <laughs> I want the peace of God, <laughs> and I thought I meant it. <laughs> this is how A Course in Miracles works, folks, unless you're, if you're here for the first time. And as soon as you say it, <laughs> you realize how much else you want <laughs> beside the peace of God or before you get to the peace of God, or after, or, or whatever, but it's just not now. <laughs> it's just not now. <laughs> and so um, it's it's been a very funny process for me. It's been unlike every any process I've I've ever been in. Um, I started. Uh, I started doing a lot, <laughs> meaning I started going to the 30 different lessons in the Course of Miracles that has the word peace in the title of the lesson. 
<laughs> and I wrote those down. All, all of them wrote the titles out. I didn't write the whole lesson. I may. We'll see what happens here because this is um, this is really an experiment for me. I usually do a lot of reading, a lot of preparation, a lot of um, quiet time, uh, self-inquiry. I do all those things. And, um, and most of the time I use them somewhat, you know, give a little framework or structure to what, what we're doing. <laughs> This time, it, it it's probably the uh, extent, I'm looking around my desk, the extent of an entire book <laughs> that I've been, you know, just taking notes, but they're not all together, they're not all in one place, they're just everywhere. And so, you know, th this morning, I decided, um, oh, I wasn't going to bring them. <laughs> there are a few piles still around, but I didn't bring them. <laughs> and um, and just as I sat down about five minutes before, I got a little message. So um, I thought I'd read that to you as, as part of our um, introduction. And then... We'll do the lesson of the day. Um, actually, there are two lessons today. And we probably won't spend a lot of time on that. And then um, the lesson today is I want the peace of God. And we're going to use that lesson as... Um, self-inquiry and we're going to um, use it as a meditation and then we'll come back together well it will be in the meditation and then we'll be here with each other and um, have oh, about a 10 or 15 minute just discussion um, but the discussion will be somewhat different because we'll be applying the lesson. And then there's a question in the lesson. This is kind of how I see it right now anyway. There'll be a question in the lesson. And the lesson contrasts um, special relationships we think of them as relationships of of imagined needs that we project, and uh, we call them special interests. And um, we'll discuss a bit about that, how it plays out in the in the lesson itself, because the lesson is between special interests and uh, shared interests. Like, um, and our goal is peace. The uh, manual for teachers says that um, a universal theology is impossible, obviously. 
a universal theology. There are God knows how many religions around the globe. I, I'm guessing hundreds of religions. And um, so it's not possible to have a universal, universal theology, but it says it is not only possible, but it's necessary to have a universal experience. And that universal experience is peace. But it's not the kind of peace um, that we think of as peace. It's not a truce. It's not the end of a war. It's not getting over a fight. That's not the peace. It's talking about um, our identity as spirit in our true state, our natural state of spirit. We are spirit in our natural state forever. And the um, experience of that being in that natural state within the mind of God is peace. That's the universal experience that we are, we all not only um, need to become aware of um, and, and teach ourselves, this is what we are, <laughs> we are this peace, um, that um, that will be uh, mostly the work of knowing ourselves, at, which is um, the uh, goal um, for, for everyone is, is to know, know themselves. So I wanted to read this little note before we move on. Um, separation is the ego's goal. So obviously, it's not going to be, um, and its goal is, is, again, being special, separate, different, all of those qualities and many more. Uh, needy, um, its effort is to get its needs met. And um, we obviously, for, for knowing ourselves as peace, we can't listen to the ego because it, it says since separation is its goal, it's not going to be helpful. So ho hopefully just that idea is enough to make us more aware than we've ever been before of how much we want to separate. The course always comes at our education that way. It says that, you know, your goal is the peace of God. It's what you are. It's what you've been given. But now we're going to look at absolutely everything that stands between you and, and the recognition, the recognition, because it's all it is, that you are peace already. So that could keep us busy for, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> or maybe not. You know, maybe maybe um, we're at that point that Helen and Bill were at when they said there's, there's got to be another way. But, you know, ultimately, um, uh, well, we won't go into their relationship and whether they found peace or whether they didn't. Uh, what matters is that uh, you find peace and make that your goal. And I find peace. I, I make it my goal. 
and it's what I want. So, um, so the ego, we can't listen to. It's interested only in itself and preserving its specialness. That's it. That's, that's its goal. Um, if we want the peace of God, we need to move past our dreams of specialness and isolation and into our truer nature until we understand it's not only truer, it's the truth. And, and, and that would be that um, we are loving and lovable. Those two qualities. Uh, that we are spirit in a state of grace forever. We have bodies. We use them, but we do not reside in the body. The mind is not in the body. So um, understanding that uh, is a, an essential part of understanding that the body doesn't love. Um, the body is not peace. The body is not joy. All of these things that we're talking about are um, in the state of grace, and therefore they are in the mind. So we're moving from an experience of being completely identified with the body to understanding our true identity is with spirit, and we have a body and we change the purpose for the body now. And the body becomes very useful in serving spirit, in communicating, in uh, allowing the Holy Spirit, Jesus, to work through us, through the body, but never um, what Jesus calls arresting the extension from the body. That makes you sick, he says. If you arrest the flow of peace and joy through your body and um, you hold it and feel and, and insist that you're going to get this for yourself, it can be um, unpleasant. So it, it's always not only using the relationship, but it's working through the body and not uh, trying to get something uh, just for you. So the end result of our accepting who we are, again, is a gift to the entire sonship. So we're learning to think more totally and holistically. Um, so these, um, we're going to have to learn our true nature. and. We're going to be uh, become more aware of our dreaming. Uh, often, when we're in a dream state, now I'm not talking about the sleeping dream, but I'm talking about the waking dream. And when we're in a waking dream state, we um, really are not very conscious of of, of much, and what we would prefer in this process is to become more conscious of how we're feeling as we go through the day. So anytime that we're not feeling peace, 
that we have obviously left left the piece um, and we need to look at that. What is that about? What is what is the dream that I am falling into? When peace leaves, we've, we've usually fallen into another dream state and we want to notice that. Say, what, what, is, what is this about? And we'll do more with that as we go along. So, uh, and when the feeling is, the first thing I do when I've left and I am in a dream state, which is there's a problem, something has to be fixed, something's not right, it's got to be changed. It's, uh, you know, you name it, it doesn't matter what it is. You're not feeling the peace of God. And my little note right here on my desk all the time and one in the car, and it says, is this what I would have in place of heaven and the peace of God? And then don't judge it. Is this what I would have? Heaven and the peace of God. Because I can have that. I already have that. But I don't know I have that because I spend so much time with the alternatives. Here are the alternatives. Again, is this what I would have in place of heaven? and the peace of God. So you could even try that right now. You know, do I think I'm gonna to have to give something up for heaven and the peace of God? Just illusions, <laughs> just mistakes, <laughs> just fear, and, but you don't do anything. This is not a course about doing. <laughs> this is about being what you are. Even, even as you get busy, go about your busy day, working, taking care of family, taking vacations now and then, whatever it is you're doing is not at all um, going to rule, rule out the possibility that you can't be at peace while you're doing it. So I'm going to stop for a minute because that was a lot to take in. So some thoughts or questions or um, anything? Maya, please. Oh, you don't have any sound. You're on mute. I don't know why uh, I came up uh, because I didn't raise my hand or anything. I just went off onto video. But let me uh, share with you anyway, because I do. Please, have love please. To share. 
Yeah, I, I've come around the last six months to realizing that uh, my primary obstacle to peace, if you will, if it, pardon the pun, because that's a, for those of you who've been around know, and those who you don't, obstacles to peace is a very important section in the course. Uh, is it chapter 19? I'm, I'm not sure, uh, or 21. Anyway. 19. It is 19, yeah. Uh, and so my obstacle to peace that I has really come front and center is my resistance to getting quiet. And I have been so looking forward to this class. And I have decided I'll go off camera. If I'm off camera, I'm, I'm doing um, EFT, I'm tapping. I be, because I decided that I, what I need to do is commit to facing the resistance to getting quiet and then get quiet. So I did that for 15 minutes before your class. And I decided, you know, that wasn't enough. I wanted to tap the whole time you were talking. So I took myself off camera so I could do that. And uh, what I'm doing is, is uh, tapping the acupressure points on the face and the chest, looking at the resistance, looking at um, my unwillingness to get quiet, my fear of being quiet. So actually, I'm glad you asked me to share because I guess I did have something to share. Thanks. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maya. That's great. Anyone else have a share or an experience or a question? Susie. Thank you. Um, you're, the truth you spoke, you are peace already. That, that is another one of these gems that I just want to grab onto. And sometimes in the mornings, right before I wake up, I get a phrase in my head that just kind of rolls around and I wake up to it. And this morning's phrase was, we hold these truths to be self-evident, <laughs> you know? And it's kind of like, wait, that's the Declaration of Independence. I mean, I mean, and these truths to be self-evident, I mean, capital S, self-evident, right? So if I am peace already, I can hold that truth and it can be evidenced by myself and by others with like what you said, Lynn, without doing anything. I, I just... The whole tie-in here this morning is just so beautiful. Thank you. You're very welcome, Susie. Yep, this is absolutely effortless kind of work. <laughs> just it requires attention. What does Jesus say? I need your full attention. He starts out saying, you know, he's pretty loose about the attention we have to give them, but then it moves on and it's, I need your undivided attention, your full attention. Um, and that's hard for uh, us. It's hard for me. I mean, it's, it's uh, never been, um, yeah, there's always been action, a lot of action. Uh, but I have, have, have touched enough you know, I dare not say I have the peace of God. I know I have said that a few times. And and um, I, I'm certain that it's there now. 
I'm certainly not there all the time, but I am certain that it is always there when I want it. <laughs> and that's a big shift, you know, it's a big shift. So, and, you know, if that'd be, uh, you know, a step, step that happens for, for someone in this class, it would be wonderful. And I'm not saying many of you don't already have that, that you know it's there and you know you have access to it and you know how to get there by, by the, the process that we're going to be going through here in the classes, which is to see all the interference, bring all the inf interference to the Holy Spirit. And he's the only teacher that can teach us truly what we really are. And there are Jesus, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the only teachers. Obviously, we've tried to teach ourselves. That has not gone over so well. And then we've also, you know, tried to have many other uh, teachers. And we know that hasn't gone over so well. So, you know, the Holy Spirit seems to be the safest bet. And hopefully to get really familiar with that experience of being with spirit spirit holy spirit and that it becomes an enjoyable thing and um and the more we enjoy it the more we'll be able to relax into it and it starts out for for many of us anyway that it's difficult i'm sorry i'm going off there but uh any anyone else have something to share about uh what we just uh, i do i have my hand up it's bien Hi, Hi. Hi. I didn't know if you could see my hand. So I thought, well, thank I you for inviting did, someone did, to speak yes. up because I did want to say something. I wanted to add to what Susie said. It's quite amazing. Like mine's like one mind. A couple of days ago, I was walking my dog and indivisible, the word indivisible popped in my head. And of course, I associated it with like indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Like that's where the phrase came from. And here she is talking about the Declaration of Independence. And uh -huh. to me, like the Declaration of Independence is not independence from God. It's my true like independence, what sets me free to return to God, to the mind of God. Mm -hmm. So just playing with words and right. um, sharing that, you know, that I, that I too had uh, inspiration from that article, or you know, from that from that. I don't know. I I I can't explain it all. I can just tell you what happened. Like <laughs> that's what happened. So thank you for listening. That's wonderful. Thank you, Vian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as we work more into into this awareness that we're all doing this together, we're all doing the same thing. And we, we will be able to hold that for anyone, anywhere, anytime, because it's, the, it's a fact. If it becomes a fact for you, it becomes a fact for everyone. It's, that's the way the oneness works. Minds are, minds are joined. Um, let's see, somebody else just had their hand. Oh, Bruce, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just riffing off Vian and, and Susie's comments about the Declaration of Independence, I was thinking about, um, you know, we're really um, denying our dependence on the ego thought system 
uh, when we declare that true independence from from insanity, uh, or or our total dependence on on, on truth on Holy Spirit. So I just wrote down a little <laughs> course version, if you will. I hold Holy Spirit's vision to restore truth about our capital S self to my awareness, since on my own there isn't there doesn't seem to be any evidence supporting trust, forgiveness, shared interests, or any basis for lasting peace. So it's sort of, sort of like the not know version of <laughs> yes, uh, because on my own nothing is self-evident, um, but with Holy Spirit's help. Uh, the, the, the capital T truth will be self-evident. And then yeah. I'll realize I'm completely dependent on that guidance. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He makes our holy holiness evident to us that how could I make my holiness evident to myself? <laughs> you know, the, the ego, the device of separation is trying to make, you know, holiness evident to me. It doesn't work that well. It doesn't work at all, in fact. It is absolutely necessary to establish a working relationship with the Holy Spirit, a loving, working, trusting relationship based in, in faith. And we don't have to, you know, do anything other than let go and, and be willing to be shown, be willing to be taught. And then it, we don't have a, a you know an awareness of it going on. The only awareness we begin to have is is as the Holy Spirit works through us. We see the effects of the Holy Spirit's work through us, but we don't see you know d- directly get involved in it, which is kind of fun to happen. It happens more and more. Yeah. Thank you. Who else? I wanted to uh, I wanted to emphasize um, to myself. <laughs> um, in in today's lesson, uh, he talks about uh, true perception, what that looks like. And then he talks about, I'm willing to see you in the light. It doesn't, it's not what I'm doing. It's not about behavior. So, the, I mean, the course's process to find this peace is, first of all, to realize and admit how peaceful I am not in my relationship with you right now. That's why you're so helpful. <laughs> I get to look at how I'm pointing the finger at you. And and um, am I willing to see you differently? And then ultimately, am I willing to see myself differently? So, I mean, the process to find peace is just to lay down this insistency on seeing chaos instead of peace. I see chaos in my relationship. I see blame in my relationship. I see conflict in my relationship. First with you. And then what if that's not what's really going on? Maybe it's just the way I'm seeing myself meaning I don't see myself as the son of God. I see myself as this vulnerable, um, solitary individual self. So the process, so I was thinking about what Maya was talking about. I mean, whatever I can do to get myself calmed down, <laughs> I tap, you know, I, I, I do deep breathing. I, you know, and, and some things it's appropriate to do during a class. Sometimes, you know, you might look a little weird on the screen if you're doing one of your processes. But I mean, it, it, once again, if I'm like I'm going for acupuncture later today, I get is body issues, right? So, and the idea is to kind of get it, my body at least into some kind of more peaceful place than it's the conflicting pain I'm feeling. However, <laughs> 
the courses thing is if I'm doing that with the ego, if I'm tapping with the ego, it's going to be eventually about making it about separation and something external is somehow going to save me. If I'm if I'm tapping with the Holy Spirit, it becomes a whole different experience. If I'm doing acupuncture with my ego, it's all about me and Tim and get Tim's. If I'm doing acupuncture with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. You know, I mean, it, because it's a perceptual shift. I'm seeing it differently. I'm still doing the same stuff. I'm still tapping. I'm still doing acupuncture. I take a walk if I need to calm down, whatever it is. But th this whole emphasis on perception, and it comes up, God, in all these review lessons, just look at how many times he uses the word perceive, the way I see you, the way I look, <laughs> look at you. I mean, it's, it's, it's seriously, this whole process of finding peace is to look at how much and admit, I don't want to see peace, and then let that go. Wanting peace is fine. I mean, I mean, we all want peace, but it's the part of us that doesn't want peace that we don't fess up to is the problem. <laughs> and that's what I need to look at, acknowledge, lay it down, and ask for help to see, to perceive you and me differently. And then whatever I'm doing will be a whole lot better. <laughs> Tapping will be great. <laughs> Acupuncture will be better. <laughs> Breathing will be better. <laughs> yeah, thanks. How about the, the peace of God? <laughs> That'll be better too. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. Anybody else have something they want to share? Yeah, Dave Dempsey, please. Hi, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Lynn. Um, I, it's amazing the things that you have read this morning. I have just been reading myself. Th that statement that you wrote down, I read that three or four times this morning. And it's just amazing how in sync we are. But I got, you know, I got looking the other day. I don't know. I've just, I don't know. I guess I finally gotten to that point where there must be another way, you know. And all this time, I thought that's what I did, but I hadn't. And I looked at um, Lesson 86, Holding Grievances and Attack on God's Plan for Salvation. And I realized that it's not that I, I'm not going to have grievances. It's that I don't hang on to them, that I turn them over to the Holy Spirit to judge for me, you know. And the other thing I become, like Tim was saying, so aware of is the hungry dogs of fear and how big my kennel is and how many dogs I have and how often I send them out. And then I've been looking so much everywhere I read. It's I'm only seeing what's in me out there. And that's what I don't want to look at. And that's what I don't want to see. And it's like how much we hate ourselves, you know? And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, I think I finally got to the point where I'm willing to, to ask the Holy Spirit truly for help. Because it's gotten so Aware, my awareness is so strong of how everywhere I look, I'm looking to send out a hungry dog of fear. And it's just like, oh my goodness, I just had no idea. Yeah. 
And it's like, when you come to that realization, it's like, there's gotta be a better way. You know, this is making me, and you realize how absolutely miserable you are. And, and it's been like all morning, you know, every little thing, it's like, oop, there goes another dog. But if I don't hang on to it, that grievance, and I can take it back to the Holy Spirit and I can look in and say, that's where it's coming from mm-hmm. and realize that even though I think that's who I am, it's not who I am and, and, and ask Holy Spirit to, to change all that. And it's amazing. It's kind of like a ping pong match in like professional level. Cause it's like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like really going on, but yeah. So thanks for this class. It's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you for sharing that for for everyone, because we all really need to hear what where the real work is. It's it's not in um, uh, getting uh, the the peace of God. It's in looking at all the things that interview interfere with it. And that will happen as as soon as you claim what I really want is the peace of God. It was necessary to do that in order to bring up all the resistance to it. And that's the good news. That's the good news to be able to see it, Uh, to be able to see what we do in our relationships of specialness is absolutely shocking. And, um, you know, the course, you know, even uses the word murder in some places in, in terms of our, uh, the way we are with our special relationships. And, you know, it's really doesn't have anything to do with the other person. It's all the self-hatred that has been locked in up for God knows how many lifetimes. God knows how many people we've we've killed and, you know, all of those things. But it's in the memory bank, you know, and it, it needs to come out. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I was shocked because I, I really thought I meant it when I said I wanted the peace of God. <laughs> and uh, so it's been a fun, fun, fun ride. <laughs> so get ready, fasten your seatbelts, <laughs> Maya. <laughs> Dave just uh, uh, Dave's just things that you said helped me to recognize another um, particularly compelling, terrifying thing about sending out the dogs. My experience has been as soon as I became become aware I'm sending out the dogs, they turn and they race toward me. And so another, a greater terror, there wasn't terror when I was having a grievance, but suddenly the dogs have turned on me. And that's where I really need help. Because yes. uh, it's not enough just to see that you're, the dogs are running out to others, but they will turn back. They will. Oh, yeah. And that's the ego's viciousness, you know, that, that comes up when we don't buy into the grievance. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'll be, I'll be right with you, Bruce, is the importance of developing. Um, I wonder to choose the right word here. Oh, well, for right now, I use the word skill. 
a skill at looking when it starts to come up and at looking without judgment uh, with the eyes of forgiveness, with the eyes of peace and not doing anything. And eventually um, we begin to understand that the one doing the looking is your true, holy, kind, loving self who is identified with the Holy Spirit, looking and not judging, looking and um, allowing uh, yourself to, to look without any history, to look without um, any kind of um, attitude at all. These are the eyes of forgiveness that look and don't make the error real. I mean, this whole thing is an error. The whole world out there is an error. So if we react to it, if we react to the feelings that come up within our dream figure, our puppet figure, if we react to that, we're making it real. The whole point of looking is doing, doing nothing and seeing the situation as, as the Course says, see it as it is, not as you make it up. What we see and make up is coming from the ego. It's all interpretation. It's all about interpretation. It's not what's really there. We're interpreting in order for us to uh, fulfill our, our dream some aspect of our dream. And that, that can be suffering and pain. It can be anything. Just keep the dream going. So when you look at the dream and just leave it as it is, the forms, the shape, just leave it as it is and don't interpret, that's forgiveness. It's not making the error real. And eventually we'll find that we have less and less involvement or attachment to the dream itself. And there, there we are, who's looking? Who is doing the looking? It's not the ego. It's the Holy Spirit looking through you. It's Jesus looking through you. And it's accurate looking through, looking past, no longer stops at the dream figures and makes them uh, the real thing or not. They, you put them there. I put them there. We projected them out. They're not out there. What we put them out there for is to give them the interpretation that we want to make. So no wonder we're scared all the time. <laughs> you know, literally, we're looking at our projected guilt. In the course, it's the, the content of the dream you look at and I look at is the sin, the guilt, the fear buried in the mind and now coming out. Oli, oli, and free. Everybody, come on back. Come on in. You know, they're, they're coming out and we're seeing them. And the, the good news is it's, it's all made up. It's a hallucination, as, as the Course says. Hallucinations will disappear when you no longer invest in them, when you no longer believe in them. So, you know, we're just cleaning up the 
horror show we made. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, sorry, that was kind of- Oh, Rebecca, Rebecca was waving before them, Bruce. Okay, Rebecca, then Bruce. I'm gonna have to remember what I was gonna say. Um, I'm, I'm sitting with the question, remembering or practicing peace. I think when we are being willing to remember what peace is, right? I think, and so sitting with that as like a present memory that can be recalled. And then I'm also sitting with the idea of the three steps of forgiveness, which is such a very practical, concrete way to allegedly, or to, to allegedly, well, if we're doing it with the Holy Spirit, to get back to the memory of peace, right? And right. I'm, I'm trying to reconcile within my mind. I guess it's okay. They're both work. They both work. Sometimes I wake up in my story and I realize that I'm angry and then I can remember I'm not upset for the reason I think. And in that moment, I have a, a present memory of what it, I can remember the holy instant. I can feel what the peace is. And so they, they go together. Um, I think sometimes when we talk about practicing peace, remembering peace, there's a tendency for us to think that we're skipping steps, but I don't think that's the case. Um, and I, I've just, I, I'm, I'm trying to sit with, with I'm, I'm, I'm bringing those together in my mind. It's not very clear right now, but that's kind of where I'm sitting at. And in, in, in the willingness to say, I want the peace of God, I, I remember what that feels like. And, and it's in the remembering what it feels like. It's in the muscle memory of making that memory present that the alchemy happens and that it's no longer theory. I have to viscerally embody it. Mm -hmm. And that's the proper use of the body is communication. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what's going on in my mind right now. <laughs> Thanks. Well, and, you know, I, I really invite you to do inquiry and write any, anybody if you're really working with something and, you know, you, you find yourself writing, it can be very instructive and helpful. Um, uh, you know, the, the results will always be in how you, how you feel, you know, whether you feel peace or, or whether you feel more conflicted about something. If it's if you feel more conflicted, then obviously the ego has gotten in there on the journey somehow, and um, uh, otherwise, you know, just uh, begin to keep a log. In fact, I was going to recommend that that everybody get one of those those oh, I got I got a gazillion of them around here. Those uh, composition books, and it you know it doesn't matter how you write and scribble or whatever you want to do, but. Composition books are great. They're cheap. <laughs> um, I think this is a huge question of um, the, it, it, it's been sitting in the ego for a long time about about these seemingly conflicting ideas in the course. Right. And it feels like a really awesome opportunity to forgive that and bring those together. So thank you. 
That's that's great. Uh, the other thing is, if, if you're involved in an inquiry that you've been kind of struggling with, it's much better that you do the inquiring and you do the work because it's going to make so much more sense to you than if somebody answers somebody else's question. No, it came up for you and it's there for you and, you know, keep working with it and keep reporting. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Becca. Uh, Bruce. Oh, yeah, during the last few minute or two, I was noticing, I love um, Dave's kennel metaphor and the, the hungry dogs of here. Uh, and in the last minute or two, one of our cats uh, wants, wants into my office here and uh, is meowing. And I was thinking, well, what a, what a great metaphor. Either, either she wants in and she sees out or vice versa, but it's it's that that conflict thing. And, and I was thinking... Um, a couple little musical <laughs> metaphors. The, the song "Who Let the Dogs Out" could, could from the course's perspective, be if I don't know if you can hear my cat. Um, <laughs> who projected the dogs out? And then I was thinking, with apologies to Paul Simon, um, you know, the, the, the kennel is really just a, as we as we we get the gradual course of of un, unveiling all of our the, the insanity of our, our our ego mind, our split mind. And so we get a little one kennel at a time to deal with, but eventually we see start seeing the whole universal zoo. And then I was thinking of, of Paul Simon's uh, song, you know, it's all happening at the zoo, and and uh, and I was thinking, well, the, the course's rebuttal was, well, it's, nothing's happening at the zoo, but it's all happening in my mind. Something tells me it's all happening in my mind. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, thanks, thanks, Bruce. All right, I, I want us to have enough time Jean, to do. Jean's got some. Jean, hi, Jean. I'll be short and to the point. I had to write this down because it's what came to me. There is no more statement, there is no statement more threatening than the simplicity of, I am the peace of God. But the quiet acknowledgement is required to face the vicious dogs of want that present to us every moment. And, and, I, and, and I think that's, you know, I mean, it's so, but it is that I remember that I am the peace of God. It's just, it's, oh, thank you. Yeah, this is, this is draws the peace of God right out of us because <laughs> we already got it. So <laughs> that's how we, we grow and, and develop. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. That was great. I always, always swear that Jesus was bit by a dog when he was a little kid. Why did he pick on dogs? He could have said the hungry cats have ate. <laughs> the hungry people have ate would have even made more sense. <laughs> hungry dogs, my dogs. <laughs> like a new form of mascot, <laughs> the peace mascots. <laughs> oh, and going back to what Rebecca was talking about, I was, you know, Sitting with that, so the you know the first step of forgiveness is um, holding a grievance is an attack on peace. Is you know it's a, an attack on God's plan for salvation. It's a it's an attack on peace. Period. <laughs> That's what holding a grievance does. I'm attacking peace. Somehow I think somehow my grievance is going to somehow help peace. How I ever convince myself of that, I don't know. But I mean, holding a grievance, it, you know, you step back, you look at it. It's an obvious, a judgment, holding a judgment, holding resentment. It's an attack on peace. 
I'm not seeing you the way Jesus does. I'm not seeing myself. And so then we back into this place where I think the second step of forgiveness is really is, is I'm, I'm still desperately hanging on to this, this I that can choose not to have peace. I mean, it, it's, it's that huge identity crisis. Like I built up, you know, we say, I want peace. Well, who, who's the I that wants peace? I mean, obviously this individual separated itself does not want peace and goes to a lot of trouble not to have it. And so when we get back to that inner inner place, it's like, and the reason it's so challenging is, is I have this huge identity that feels like I trash peace, I'm eternally damned, and it's dark night of the soul. And, and I don't, you know, my ego is desperate to hang on to that identity. And to be able to let that go and say, no, Jesus, let Jesus love me, whatever the real me is, the real us. You, you have to look with, with Jesus or the Holy Spirit. There's no other way you can break that identity until it's broken, you know, and, and, and then, and then, you know, you know your way. But boy, in the beginning, you just can't look at it alone. The ego will do everything it can, deny, hide, <laughs> everything to keep that. Yeah. We need help. We need help. That's, I mean, that's the most important part of this equation of learning to look is you don't look with your body. Bodies hate. They don't love. They're not kind. It's the Holy Spirit working through us, looking through us, not a personal identity. So, um, yeah, we, we have to have help to do that. Maybe there are better ways to say that. Um, so we'll, we'll let that evolve over time. I'm, I'm sure that together we're going to learn a lot from one another about the, the process of of looking and what that really means. It's not just words. It's not, you know, looking with the body's eyes. It's, I really want to see this for what it is. I want to see it for what it is. And I don't know what it is because I have laid my ideas on it for lifetimes. I have laid my past on however I'm looking at you, lifetime after lifetime, with some kind of way of maintaining my specialness, or I wouldn't be here. I would not be here. <laughs> I'm here because I think I'm special. And I'm looking for ways to maintain that. I'm looking at ways to keep that. And so, um, yeah, um, there are going to be all kinds of experiences in, in this process. And we, we are going to do a meditation this morning. In fact, if there's nothing really pressing Stephen, questions. Stephen had a really pressing thing. Where is Stephen? There's Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Yes. Hi. Good to see everybody. Uh, great Good looking to class. See you. It's re really scary for me to, to say this um, to everyone, especially this, this many uh, really great core students. 
but uh, you know, the eye that's that that doesn't want peace, the eye that wants specialness, the eye that that wants the separation and seem to have chose that. That eye is son of God, son of God. And uh, Wapnick talks about this uh, in the in depth uh, in tyr tyranny of needs. The tyrant behind the ego is son of God. And I don't want to know that. I don't want to see that. Son of God is a wonderment. Son of God is beautiful. Uh, that's who I am. Uh, you know, part of the mind uh, is the Christ mind. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the want for peace is son of God. And that split is, is almost like schizophrenia, but it's also telling me I have to look at that son of God part of what my mind is. I have to look at the hate. The ego is just a puppet of that son of God tyrant. And we seldom talk about that. And I just wanted to say it today uh, because it's true. It's, it's hard because it really hurts. I'm, I'm tired of looking at the hate. I'm tired of feeling the misery and the suffering. I look around the world, there's no world, but it sure seems like there's plenty of suffering. And the suffering is because Son of God chose to be separate. Wadnick says very clear many times, Son of God is, is, the, is the part of the mind that wants to be separate, that wants to be ego. Ego is just a puppet. There's no ego there. That's Son of God. And Son of God is the wonderment uh, in heaven. Uh, no place where Son of God uh, ends and, and the Father is. Uh, you know, there, it's such a dichotomy uh, and, and such a brilliant thing that Son of God has done uh, when Son of God uh, separated. Uh, and and Watnick uh, lays this out on the first CD of uh, Time Machine uh, in a way uh, that you don't want to hear. It's so true and it's so, it's so to my heart. I don't want Son of God to be the tyrant and the one who did all this. Son of God did do all this, and I'm so sorry for that. And it makes me very sad. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, Stephen. I think Jane has something for you. Yes, Jane. I think that that um, I reflect back on what Stephen's saying about the CD that Ken did or the workshop, The Tyranny of Needs. For me, it's probably one of the most profound workshops that he ever has done. Because when I first heard it, which wasn't very long ago, and I you know, have been here for a long time. Uh, and when I first heard it, it was like, oh my goodness gracious, a new student should never hear this because they won't, they won't stay in the course. And then I listened to it again and I thought, oh, wow, I wish I'd known that when I first started the course that, that, I mean, we do know it because it's very, it's told explicit in the course that the son of God chose the ego. That's us. We chose it. We believe in it. And it's the belief in it that, that keeps the separation going because the separation is just a myth. It's not, it's not real. So it, it was a wonderful, it was just, even though I didn't know any of that, I was amazed and it has comforted me ever since that because it's, 
I don't judge the Son of God for making that. I don't see it as sin, guilt, and fear, which project, we project it out into the world anymore. I see it as a mistake. And we, and that mistake was corrected when God put the Holy Spirit into the stream. And that that is just, that was profound for me to realize that, that I chose to be a tyrant. How could I choose to be a tyrant? When in reality, I really didn't, but I don't know that. I didn't know, I, I didn't really understand that completely. So we have the peace of God. We have it big time. We really truly do. And and if we focus on that too, along with what is keeping us from the peace of God, which of course is what we're trying to do through the course. And it's beautiful because we do it in sharing and we see it in each other. And it's just such a gift. It's just such a beautiful gift. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jane. Well, well said. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Anyone else have? Well, well, I at at risk of disagreeing with Stephen. If Ken said that the Son of God actually separated, well, I would disagree with Stephen and Ken. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a a not so subtle takeoff on how did we get here? I I'm separate now. You tell me how I did it. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like that. It's like. I believe I separated. I believe I'm sitting here talking to a, a multiple multiple separations on the screen. And now you tell me how I did that. I mean, it, it's just and there, the only answer to that, which doesn't make any sense to any of this at all, is you didn't do it. The son of God didn't separate. He could even choose to separate. Not really. But but how do we deal with that? <laughs> Well, we don't have to take that head on. First, I, I can start with the first step of forgiveness. Eventually, I'll get to that step. But that, that like, like being able to hear Jesus say, you didn't do it, when we're absolutely sure we chose to even believe that we could do it. I mean, it's just like, really? <laughs> I didn't do it? I couldn't even choose to believe I did it? <laughs> Abby, are you getting ready to say something? Well, first of all, Marissa has something, and then I'll, I'll say something. She has her hand up. All right. Where is Marissa? Where's, oh, oh, I, I have, she just has a photo up. All right. Hi, Marissa. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I just I wanted to add to the conversation of, you know, when we have a sickness, when we have a dark night of the soul when we have depression or anxiety or any lack of peace that that is the triumph over god that is i am right he is wrong i exist he doesn't and um which is kind of uh shocking to realize that my pain that i'm feeling right now or emotional pain or what have you or situation that I'm dealing with is actually my choosing to be the tyrant, my, my choosing to, to triumph over God to, and, and then of course the guilt comes after that. And we usually don't know that this unconscious choice was made, 
because the ego is very slippery and and uh, and it can come in, in many different forms. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of make that comment about the tyrant, how it can can be hidden in many different forms. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily tyrannical looking. But uh, yeah, anyway, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Marissa. I thought I saw who else, one other hand. So. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say for me, it's very helpful for me to, in the condition in which I think I am, that the decision maker is the son of God. And it's the son of God is either in his right mind or in his wrong mind. He's either choosing to identify with the dream figure or he's choosing to join with the Holy Spirit. And I appreciate your emphasis this morning. It's very helpful to keep being reminded that it's crucial to the practice of forgiveness in this course that we have a relationship, a liaison, an association. Develop it, however, with the Holy Spirit or with Jesus or whatever that loving presences in the mind that this course can't be um, successfully practiced without developing that that relationship so as to Stephen's point I the son of God is a decision the decision maker is the son of God and right-minded or wrong-minded but that's the only pointer that this course is going to take us to I think is if I can be right-minded more often now than I'm wrong-minded <laughs> I don't have to worry about anybody taking a final step. <laughs> and that's not my business anyway. My business here is to be more right-minded joining than uh, identifying with, with the dream figure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for using the word joining, Abby. Um, as I uh, went through this lesson, uh, I want the peace of God, um, the way in which we learn um, that it is, it is what we want is in our um, special relationships, um, we join, we choose to make the shift from wanting to be separate and special ourselves to actually wanting to join and um and ken makes it very clear that does not mean that you do anything at all other than to acknowledge to yourself in your mind that you and that brother in front of you are the same one and you are joined at the mind level and you don't need to do anything, say anything, because in that actual process of the willingness to extend and see that your minds are joined, you have done everything that you need to do. So, you know, when I remember first reading that many years ago and thinking, oh, man, I've got to join with every single person, meaning, you know, I had to acknowledge them. And they don't even have to be in your dream right now. It doesn't have to be, you know, they can be in other parts of the world or whatever it is. But any moment that a son of God chooses that uh, to recognize in his mind that he is united 
with a brother anywhere, that's joining and that's healing. And that very um, uh, interest and motivation to do that is shared throughout the entire sonship. So um, it's um, solely a recognition in, in my mind, in your mind, as a part of learning what we truly are. And that we, uh, you know, we truly um, are the peace of God. So uh, it's, um, yeah, is that making sense to everybody that it's not a doing? Because as soon as it's a doing, it's the body. And as soon as it's the body, there's identity being maintained <laughs> somehow, somewhere. All right. So I... Here we go. Um, the, the lesson that we're going to do is lesson brief, excuse me, 185. And it is on page 348. I'm going to um, skip around here a little bit. And then we will use the last part of the um, lesson starting at paragraph six, the mind, which means that all at once is peace, must join with other minds. We'll start there. And from there on, the rest of the lesson will be in silence, uh, in self-inquiry. Um, I'll read it slowly so you can take your time with it. Um, and, um, you know, Practice looking, learning to look without any kind of evaluation whatsoever at what comes up in your mind of what thoughts arise or don't arise. It's not a matter of making anything happen. It's about seeing what's already there or what arises by itself, not by going and excavating and digging and, and trying to make something happen but just the willingness even to just be with silence itself and do nothing. And uh, there will be comments coming through from the reading that you can respond or not. <laughs> if there is a response though, you want to learn to recognize it without any interpretation, without any evaluation, just recognize it. Okay. We all set? Everybody ready? All right. I want the peace of God. To say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. If you could, but just mean them for an instant, there would be no further sorrow possible for you in any form, in any place, or in any time. Heaven would be completely given back to full awareness, the memory of God entirely restored the resurrection of all creation 
fully recognized. No one can mean these words and not be healed. He cannot play with dreams, nor think he is himself a dream. He cannot make a hell and think it real. He wants the peace of God, and it is given him. For that is all he wants. And that is all he will receive. Many have said these words, but few indeed have meant them. You have but to look upon the world you see around you to be sure how very few there are. The world would be completely changed should any two agree these words express the only thing they want. Any two meaning any you and someone else in your mind. Two minds with one intent become so strong that what they will become becomes the will of God. For minds that can only join in truth For minds can only join in truth. In dreams, no two can share the same intent. To each, the hero of the dream is different. The outcome wanted, not the same for both. Loser and gainer merely shift about in changing patterns as the ratio of gain to loss and loss to gain takes on a different aspect or yet another form. Yet compromise alone a dream can bring. Sometimes it takes the form of union, but only the form. The meaning must escape the dream for compromising is the goal of dreaming. Minds cannot unite in dreams. They merely bargain. And what bargain can give them the peace of God? Illusions come to take his place. And what he means is lost to sleeping minds intent on compromise, each to his gain, another to another's loss. To mean you want the peace of God is to renounce all dreams. For no one means these words 
who wants illusions and who therefore seeks the means which bring illusions. He has looked on them and he has found them wanting. Now he seeks to go beyond them, recognizing that another dream would offer nothing more than all the others. Dreams are one to him. He has learned their only difference is one of form, for one will bring the same despair and misery as do all the rest. So this is a contrast. We'll begin the meditation after this. This is a contrast between dreaming of special dreams, special interests, ways to preserve specialness. The contrast between that and between something that is shared by everyone equally, peace, the peace of God. Everyone has it. No one is missing. Nothing needs to be done to make it so. The mind, which means that all it wants is peace, must join with other minds. For that is how peace is obtained. And when the wish for peace is genuine, the means for finding it is given in a form which each mind that seeks for it in honesty can understand. The lesson is planned so that there is no way it can be mistaken. But if he asks without sincerity, there is no form in which the lesson will meet with his acceptance and be truly learned. Now let us devote our time to recognizing that we really mean the words we say. We really want the peace of God. This is not an idle wish.
we do not seek for another bargain and hope that there may yet be one that can succeed where all the rest of dreaming has failed. To mean these words acknowledges that illusions are in vain, requesting the eternal in the place of shifting dreams which seem to change in what they offer, but are all one in nothingness. The gift of peace is eternal. What do you ask for in your heart? Are there dreams you cherish still? Think of what you think might comfort you, bring you happiness. But be you not dismayed by lingering illusions, for their form is not what matters now. Let not some dreams be more acceptable, reserving shame and secrecy for others. They are one. They are all the same. And being one, there is one question you should ask. Is this what I would have in place of heaven and the peace of God? This is the choice you make. Be not deceived that it is otherwise. No compromise is possible. You choose God's peace or you ask for dreams. And dreams will come as you requested them. Yet God's peace will come just as certainly and to remain with you forever. It will not be gone with every twist and turning of the road to disappear unrecognized in forms which shift and change with every step you take. You want the peace of God and so do all who seem to seek for dreams. For them, as well as for yourself, you ask but this, when you make this request with deep sincerity. For thus you reach to what they really want and join your own intent with what they seek above all things, perhaps unknown to them. 
but sure to you. You have been weak at times, uncertain in your purpose, and unsure of what you wanted, where to look for it, and where to turn for help in the attempt. Help has been given you. And would you not avail yourself of it by sharing it? No one who seeks the peace of God can fail to find it, for he merely asks that he deceive himself no longer by denying himself what is God's will. Who can remain unsatisfied? Who asks for what he already has? Who could be unanswered? Who requests an answer which is his to give? The peace of God is yours. Peace was created for you, given you by its creator, and established as his own eternal gift. How can you fail when you but ask for what he wills for you? And how could your request be limited to you alone? No gift of God can be unshared. It is this attribute that sets the gifts of God apart from every dream that ever seemed to take the place of truth. It is this one intent, uniting our desires with the need of every heart the call of every mind, the hope that lies beyond despair, the love attack would hide, the brotherhood that hate has sought to sever, but which still remains as God created it. With help like this beside us, can we fail today as we request the peace of God? be given us.
I am going to close the meeting room for myself and leave it to all of you to stay in silence or close your uh, screen uh, for a few minutes. Uh, go about your day in quiet if you prefer, or for a little while, and just savor this. Our, Willingness to come together to join our minds in truth and ask the Holy Spirit to be our guide throughout this day and every day. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here this morning. <laughs>